Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Bad Broadcast. I just wanted to do a quick little intro to today's episode. So I had the total pleasure of talking to April Davis from the Vagina Blog. This is kind of a follow-up to our vagina horror stories that we did a few weeks ago. I just thought we needed some we needed some facts. We needed some info. We needed some comfort after those episodes. So yeah, like I said, April Davis runs the Vagina Blog. She is incredibly smart and her Instagram has taught me more in like the months that I followed her than I learned in my entire formal education. So she is a wonderful, wonderful resource. And I'm just going to give the warning now, if you are uh, not into this topic, that maybe now is a good time to back out because things get very personal. And we talk about a lot of words that have to do with a female anatomy that a lot of people maybe don't enjoy. This is mainly for my parents and my siblings. Please don't listen. Also, the audio is not great. I just, we recorded remotely and I'm just figuring it out. So it's a lot of good info, but yes, it is a little bit fuzzier than normal. Also, I wanted to say thank you so much to you guys for the response to last week's episode. It was a more, it was a more personal episode and I was kind of surprised at how nervous I was to release it, but the response was just absolutely lovely and I really appreciate you guys just letting me kind of find my way and you guys expressing to me that you're also finding yours and that we can do it all together. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Maddie. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thank you for doing this with me. So I did an episode or two episodes a few weeks ago on my podcast. We do we do like horror stories of all types. We do like worst dates, worst in-laws, all of that. So we did two awesome. episodes on worst vagina stories, just anything, gynecologists, sex, <laughs> whatever it might be, waxing, all of it. So then everybody was like, you got to get the vagina blog on because we got to get some facts because we're all confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's going yeah, on? Right. So you were very highly requested. So thank you so much for being here. That's so awesome. You're welcome. I, I'm glad to be here. Yes. I would love to know more about you. Will you do a quick introduction and tell me how you got started in all this and how you fell in love with vaginas? <laughs> you know, it's a natural love. It's it's totally. just who I am. Totally. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so I'm April Davis. I own the vagina blog. Um, the vagina blog has existed for just over three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so crazy because I feel like I've always been the vagina blog. Yeah. But also, I just barely started this madness like yesterday. It was so it was really deep exciting. within. It was always deep within. Yeah. Of oh yeah. Um, I have a background as a uh, EMT, which led me into working for a nurse midwife doing as her birth assistant, uh, which then led to me taking on like my own doula clients. And Amazing. I also worked as a birth photographer. And so I kind of really, birth is definitely my, my foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you kind of start hanging with doulas and midwives, you start tracking your cycle and you start using <laughs> menstrual cups. And yeah. What was funny is once again, natural curiosity, like this is who I am at like 19, I was at Walmart and up in the corner, there was this weird little box in the tampon section called instead discs. And uh-huh. I was like, what are those? So naturally I bought a box and took it home to my roommates and we all just stared at them fascinated <laughs> for all the time because we could not picture how those would fit in our vaginas. And that's when I started using discs and I really had never looked back. <laughs> yeah. And here we are so, three years later, or I guess, however, well, however long later, like 18 years later, it's fine. No, <laughs> no. So it's, you know, it's, but that's, that's just like all these things have always been a natural curiosity of mine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just seeing a lot of, we need a lot of help. Oh. We don't have good sex education. We, we don't need talk a lot of about help. stuff anywhere near enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just time. So, yeah. you know, I retired from birth work and it was like, what do we do? We start the vagina blog. Right. <laughs> so right. here we are. No, I love that more than you even know. That's why I did my episodes that I did because I was like, and like, I had, I, I had to give like a trigger warning at the beginning. I was like, I'm going to say the word discharge, like just so everybody knows, oh, yeah. like, you know, but um, it's true. So are you, wait, are you in Utah? Are you local? I'm so I'm in uh, St. George. Oh, okay. Perfect. I'm in, uh, I'm in Salt Lake. So we're, we're, we've got That's the awesome. Utah, the far? Utah thing. Um, Sorry. My yeah. thing is being weird. So I put a question box up a couple days ago and everybody lost their mind. Of course, they were so excited that you were coming on. So awesome. I'm sure you have probably answered these questions a million times, but these are kind of the ones that I got the most the ones that I have. um, And I would just love any, any thoughts, any ramblings, any stories that you have, I think. So we're just going to get, we're going to get, we're going to get knuckle deep into this. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) My my mom's not going to like that. I said that. Okay. (laughs) So first off, first vagina question that we have is how do you know if your vagina is healthy? Um, she should look healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, vaginas have their own scent, mm-hmm. right? We have so a we lot of questions sure. about, about smell. A lot of questions about that. Lots of questions about smell. Mm-hmm. So our outside is our vulva, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about the outside, we're making sure ingrown hairs are a concern. If you're having a lot of those, maybe lay off the shaving. We switch to trimming. Um, Bartholin cysts are super painful. So that's going to be when you get the hard cysty type things with mm-hmm. your labia, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, STDs all manifest. Do in those like do ways. those do those like pop those cysts you just talked about? Or are those like underground? Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Sometimes they pop on their own. Sometimes you have to get them drained, and it is mm. not fun, and they are very painful. Mm. Um, a lot of people will live with those for a long time, and it makes me really sad. Yeah. Um, because they're really painful. So if you have something like that, go in and see your doctor. Mm-hmm. 
like I said, STDs all have their fun, own fun ways of manifesting. So if you have any bumps, owies, anything going on that doesn't make any sense, maybe go get it looked up, right? Perfect. Internally, um, we want to see things kind of working on our standard schedule, which is ideally we bleed, right? For like a week. We have mm-hmm. like about a week of like dry-ish. And we have about a week of like discharges and mucuses and fluids. Mm-hmm. Then we have about another week of like dry-ish. And then we go right back into menstruating. So oh, if you are leaking Isn't that fluid, fun? Isn't that so fun? It's, it's the coolest <laughs> though. Like I yeah, love that working with your cycle and recognizing it for what it is can totally. be so empowering. Do you, but, have you read or like, are you familiar with the in the flow lady? Do you love, yeah. are you into her? Love. Okay. I just recently, (laughs) like I just recently started tracking my whole cycle rather than just my Mm -hmm. menstrual and ovulation cycle. And it's been awesome. I feel like I am so like I could do anything. I am so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. We have superpowers at every phase of that cycle. And so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So if you are leaking fluid or if your discharge is particularly watery, cottage cheesy, weird colors, those are all red flags. Go in and talk to your care provider. Um, but vaginas should smell like vaginas. If they start to go too sour, too sweet, fishy, gross, mm-hmm. meh, we might want to start worrying about what's going that on. That was them. that was the next one, which is why why does it start smelling for no reason? That's what everybody's saying. They're like, it just smells for no reason. I just got out of the shower and it smells, but I don't want to overwash. And people, you know, we, they have a lot mm-hmm. of product questions and things like that. but. Um, yeah, a lot of questions about why does it smell right after I shower? What is that that makes it smell? So if you're running into it smelling right after you shower, you might be dealing with some bacterial vaginosis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really common. And that would, it could also be yeast. Yeast has its own special fun smell. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be dealing with other infections that kind of come with, with a smell. You do not want to be trying to use soaps or you should never, ever, ever ever spray anything into your vagina ever i don't yeah ever. yes none of that deodorant weird stuff no, no do you deodorant, have, no do you have a specific uh product that you like to wash with or that you recommend you know well i here's here's my two cents on this one because yes. there's lots of debate i want all the sense i want i want yes. all, all 50 cents on it here's all of it if you have deemed your soap worthy of being on your body which you should be very particular about, right? Mm -hmm. Then ideally it's probably safe for your vulva, right? Right. And so if you're using standard overly scented perfumey garbage, don't get that anywhere near your vulva. Mm -hmm. If you're being really, really intentional about what soap you're using on your body, you're probably safe to use it on your vulva you know, in private parts areas. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, that's what I recommend. Really mild cleansers. Like think mild, um, good clean love has a pH balance one. That's really fantastic. Um, if you're looking for something so specific to the vagina area, mm-hmm. like the vaginal area and vulva. Um, but really like if you're using a cast soap, that's probably going to be fine. What you want to be looking for is if it is irritating you stop using it. If it's cause what happens is people will start to, they'll have a scent or a smell. So then they'll start using a perfumey wash that is full of all sorts of chemicals, which then aggravates the infection, which then causes more smell. So then they mm-hmm. use more soap mm-hmm. and then they use more soap. And then they start thinking, what if I start spraying crap in there? 
don't do that. <laughs> Go in and get it taken care of. Yeah. Because most likely there's a reason. Okay, perfect. I love that. So good to know. This is a question I also have. I feel like I maybe have an idea, but I don't think I've ever had it laid out in front of me. Kegels. What are Kegels? What are they? Do I need to be doing them? What are, just give me the, give me the, the Kegel lowdown. So here's what they're finding. This is what's so interesting. Mm-hmm. A, I'll just put this in here, this caveat first before I even dive into this. If you are having issues with your pelvic floor, seek out a pelvic floor physical therapist. Okay. A physical therapist who specializes just in pelvic floor. So when you go in for physical therapy, you're doing physical therapy of your pelvic floor. Amazing. I did not even know that existed. It's the thing that makes me the most sad. So like in France, if you have a baby, pelvic floor physical therapy is just part of your postpartum care. You don't even, it's not even a question. That's just part of your care along with your nanny and your paid maternity leave. But here they're like, good luck. See ya. That'll be 30 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I get so mad at our medicine. Yeah. I have some listeners in Canada and whenever I hear from them, I'm always like, how do I give birth in Canada? Like, how long do I need to yeah. be there? What's the system? Yep. Because if I have to get an Airbnb yep. in Canada for four months at my, the end of my pregnancy, I will do that. Yeah. Do you have kids? What's sadder? That would, oh, I have three. That you would brought- be cheaper than having a kid here. No, literally, it would. When people are like, when are you going to have kids? I'm like, that's going to have to happen on accident because I don't, I can't financially plan can't for that. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So how messed up is that? Yeah. So Kegels, are you kind of saying like, it's, it's more a physical therapy thing rather than like, I'm sitting here on the, on the bus flexing. So here's what, here's what they're finding about half of people who they're like, who are doing Kegels are actually doing them incorrectly, or they have a hyperactive pelvic floor. And so the Kegels are actually aggravating the issue. So you kind of want to know going into it, what you're dealing with and you want to work with someone. Like I just went to a really great workshop on diastasis recti with a, um, is that when, is that after pregnancy? Yeah. So that's when when your muscles split. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So she was, she's a personal trainer that has specialized. She's learned everything she possibly could about diastasis recti and also about how the pelvic floor works. Incredible. And so because of her training, she would be someone that you could go work with and be like, okay, am I doing my Kegels correctly? Cause it's at the point now where I hesitate to advise everyone to do Kegels all the time. Mm. I, I almost want you to like have a professional take a look at you first. And it That's doesn't even really have good to be to a physical therapist. Even seeing this personal trainer, I think would help you know what, if what you're doing is correct, because doing them incorrectly can really aggravate things. So that's what I would say about Kegels. Okay. So with Kegels is the purpose of them. Is it like incontinence? Is it pleasure? Like why do people do Kegels all at all? All of it. All just, of those things. just strength. Yes. And what <laughs> I would tell you to just build a strong pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So doing pelvic tilts, like building all that lower abdominal area, working all of that out, doing things like planks, um, hip thrust type tilts Uh that type of like lower ab workout that's all ideally going to be engaging your pelvic floor and building those strong kegel muscles which is going to help with incontinence in the future it's going to help with pleasure it's going to help with all those good things so your kegel muscles are what on the on the outside of your vagina or where are they inside 
in they're on the they're inside. inside. So okay. They're ideally, they're kind of, they're like what you would be using to your, so this is the other thing. There's like, there's all those, it's, I still always think of, so I, my yoga instructor when I was way younger named Benja would be like, engage your sex organs. <laughs> and you're like, got it. absolutely right. Because you want to engage your anus, right? Like uh-huh. those types of muscles that ring around there. You want to engage your bladder. So that'd be what we'd be stopping the flow of urine with. And then you also want to engage your vagina. And it's like, mm. you're picking up something. The, with tr- all the of trifecta, so your anus, your bladder and your vagina, mm-hmm. the three yeah. important ones. And Lifting so that's the up. other problem. If you only focus on one, mm-hmm. so you want to focus on all of those and you want it to feel like you are, you've just squatted down to pick up a bowling ball and then you're sucking it up and holding on to it. Oh, that would be incredible. It's I really, I really wish I could do that. Okay. So this is, this kind of ties <laughs> into what you were saying earlier as part of your cycle, that there's always kind of a phase that's dry and itchy. I did not know until you said that 10 minutes ago, that that was a thing that people had. I was like, I'm just itchy after my period, I'm just super dry and itchy. And I just, yeah. And I have been like, I've just always dealt with it. It's always like probably the like two or three days right after my period. And I had somebody Mm -hmm. ask that they just said, why, how do you solve that? Is that just part of the cycle? Is that something that you just let it be, let it live? Being dry is, um, itchiness. I mean, you really could probably use like a body safe lube Mm -hmm. and just moisturize. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love that. Um, Okay. We kind of talked about this, how to properly clean. Are there any like supplements, oral supplements or vaginal supplements? I don't, I'm sure those exist because I know people take like a, what's it called? Progesterone. Um, Yes. Yes. But what's your, do you have like a go-to women's health supplement or vitamin that you recommend for vaginal health or sexual wellness? Here's the thing that when it comes down to it, are they lying to us, April? Are they lying to us? Are the supplements a lie? Specific (laughs) disorder, your overall health is going to be your best predictor of your sexual health, right? Right. So find supplements that work for you. Like I'm obsessed. I've been working with this company named Brilliant right now. Uh They're new. They're actually based here in Utah. So it was like extra fun. Yeah. But it was kind of, it was so kismet when they reached out to me because I was like, oh my gosh, like a lot of what they have on their supplements is all the same things that I was taking to manage my PCOS already. Oh, okay. And so when I tried their supplement, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, I think this is my new favorite You're supplement, like but that's also because it's like so tailored perfectly. And what's great with that is a lot of those same, uh, things are what anybody would want to have better periods. And so if I could recommend to every single person with a vagina who menstruates mm-hmm. zinc and magnesium. Love. Those two things alone will completely change your period. Magnesium is so helpful. And so is zinc and zinc will help clear up your skin too, which is just kind of a great bonus. Oh and it's good this for is the immune system. So that I love the book, the period repair manual. I feel like that's a must read for everybody. And in there, she kind of breaks it down and goes, are you dealing with period acne? Take these supplements. Are you dealing with horrible cramping? Take okay. I have to write this like, down for myself. Okay. The period repair manual. Manual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I know I'm going to want to remember that. Okay. I love that. So 
next next question. Sorry, I'm I feel like I'm just kind of blasting through these, but I like want to get your I want to get everything you think about all of these. Okay, somebody said uh, that they see all of these like home remedies on Pinterest, like home washes or whatever. Are there any actual home remedies that work that you like have had experience with? Or are they all just the same as, you know, like the skincare ones that are usually not great? So here's what I would say. And once again, not a doctor. Okay. So let's just, we're just going to throw that disclaimer <laughs> out there. You didn't hear I, this from me. I should People put that as like, as my subtitle. Like I, I always give advice and I'm like, I'm not a doctor. That doesn't surprise anybody yeah. that I'm not a doctor. So, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do recommend if you have BV, hot, hot bath, apple cider vinegar, throw in like a half a cup of that, a couple drops of lavender, a couple drops of tea tree oil and some Epsom salts. Okay. Do that for a that's couple for of cysts. That's that's great for cysts. That's great for BV. It's great for yeast. Any of the vaginal infections, it's going to be super soothing. Uh, Should I know what B- has bacterial vaginosis? Oh, so oh, it's oh, like a okay. that's really, really common uh bacterial infection like that you can get in your vaginal area and your vagina. And so any of those this bath is great for it. You want to sit in there, get it as hot as you can stand, sit mm-hmm. in it. And like I said, do that for a couple days and just see if you kind of see some improvement. I'm also a huge fan of um, tea tree with uh, coconut oil and lavender. You stick mm-hmm. that in the fridge, wait till it's solid, roll it up in like a tampon shape, put that up there. That's also great for yeast or BV. That I've been able like to chase also off be awesome after birth. That feels like it would feel oh, really great. Padsicles are like my favorite. <laughs> if you do, so get a maxi pad, mm-hmm. soak it in witch hazel and lavender, um, and stick it in the freezer. I literally might do this liver. now. Oh yeah. <laughs> or, hey, when I'm menstruating, I like cold on my crotch sometimes. You know how yeah. you get that achy, it's gonna fall out feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like in your butt, and like in your butthole. Yes. Yeah. So like yeah. those those like padsicles are so great for that. So, but my, coconut oil super antimicrobial. So you have to be kind of careful with it. Same with tea tree. You have to be really dilute those down. So I I always hesitate to give a lot of this type of advice because people are not always super Sparing. smart when it comes to essential <laughs> oils. Yeah. So we want to yeah. be real careful with those. The yeah. mucous membrane super absorbent, very tender. And you need to water everything down as much there. as possible with other oil. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Somebody said, will you please ask her to talk about, okay, I might butcher this, hypothalamic amenorrhea? I, Did I I'm say that right? Is, yeah. And this is when your periods stop, I'm guessing. Uh, you're, I see. need to like Google this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I Googled it. It's when menstruation stops for several months due to a problem involving the hypothalamus i don't even know what the hell a hypothalamus is that's you're gonna need to go talk to your doctor about it guys okay okay that's totally fine that's totally fine we will that will be a doctor question and and so here's the pep talk i would give you though when you go to your doctor make sure that they are taking you seriously and that they are listening to your concerns and that you have Maybe written down everything you want to talk to with them so that you remember so you can have a productive visit. And if they're not taking you seriously, find a new doctor. Yeah. So if you're dealing with amenorrhea like that, there's a reason for it. Start charting your cycles, get in with your care provider and talk to them. And I try to tell people too, nurse midwives, they do GYN care and midwives are the best. 
I have never talked to anybody who had a bad experience with a midwife. Every single person who I've talked to with it or who I've talked to who has had experience with a midwife, nothing but amazing things to say. I've never seen one, but it's totally in the plan because I've heard so many amazing things about it. Um, They're just the best. Yeah, I just and we so when I did these episodes a few weeks ago, I mean, a lot of them were about like, like OBGYN appointments that just went totally south pun intended. And I think so many of the people like it was a question that I got a ton people are like, I hate my doctor. Like, I don't like my doctor. (laughs) Like, how do I I find a better doctor? Like, but I get it because it's hard. Yeah, it's it, it is because I've had that same thing where I'm like, I just went to this person who was, you know, uh, recommended to me. And now I don't know how to get out of it. But is there like some things? Do you have like a short checklist that you look for in a in a in a downstairs doctor? Um, rapport, I think, is probably one of the biggest ones. Obviously, I need yeah. to go in and have them take me seriously. And um, I also have a handful of scenarios I kind of set up for them like okay so if I had this how would you treat it (laughs) (laughs) you're like you're quizzing them I love that my poor doctors I feel really bad but like I have a fantastic medical team because I've been kind of crazy and the thing that I try to tell people your health is not the thing that you want to like like not be selective about who takes care of it that's not where you skimp like yeah I had just started interviewing interviewing family doctors. I had found one that I really liked. We'd only seen him a handful of times, but I was like, I think I really like this guy and trust him. Yeah. And then my daughter ended up in the hospital getting diagnosed with type one and he came in to oversee her care. And I seriously like fell into his arms and hugged him. And oh. I was so grateful that I had hired someone that I could trust in that moment because I needed someone I trusted to tell me what was going on and that everything was going to be okay. Totally. And so- it's the same when you're hiring someone to deliver your baby. You need to 100% trust that that person's going to make the best decisions for you and your baby because mm-hmm. they might have to. Yeah. So it's serious. If you're getting those weird feelings in here about them, it's time to switch. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're 39 weeks pregnant. It's time to switch. Yes. Something's, you know, in your heart what's going on. So switch if you need to. Okay. Why do I feel like I'm about to start crying? Okay. Um, right? <laughs> no, really. Okay. We need to be validated because yeah. it is so frustrating going in and having doctors not take you seriously. And the thing that drives me absolutely crazy is I'm heavy and I actually have a post that's going up about this tomorrow, but because I'm heavy, when I go see a doctor, they go, Oh, well, if you just lost weight, I'm like, Nope, I'm done. And the magic words that I'm teaching people that they need to start saying, as soon as your doctor says, well, it's because you're overweight, what you then need to say is, hey, can you write that down in my chart that you refused to treat me because of that I'm overweight? Can you write that down and chart it for my next doctor so they know? Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Well, the other thing, too, with with doctors, like in my experience and with OBGYNs and all of that, it's already like the most vulnerable, the most personal, like more so than any other doctor ever that you will ever see. And then when you go in and they shut you down or they don't respect you or they make comments or they, you know, so many of the stories that I got submitted to me were like, yeah, my doctor came in and commented on like how much hair I had down there, like stuff like that, that I'm like, it's already bad. It's all, I mean, I shouldn't say it's already bad. It's already hard no, but it's, in a lot of it's ways. Vulnerable. It's already vulnerable. so 
vulnerable. Yeah. Like the first time I had ever been to an OBGYN was right before I got married. You know, I did the whole, the whole thing and whatever. And I was like, you're just like messing around down there. Like what's going on? I have no info. My butthole feels like it's about to explode. I have no idea, you know? So I just like hurt for all of those people who, who just like stick it out. Cause you're right. You don't have to stick it out. If you have any weird feeling. Okay. And if they treat you like that and they make comments about your hair, be sure to leave that comment on their Facebook page. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Let people know because our responsibility is a to hire better doctors for ourselves and B it's to warn everyone else. Yes. Right? To protect our fellow pay, vagina owners. We pay too much money in this country for our healthcare to get treated like that. I'm done. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm compl- out. I completely agree. Okay. So switching gears a little bit more sex, sex related. Somebody said, I have a stash. I have a stash of female condoms, but I'm too weirded out to use them. Can I get a pep talk with some info? (laughs) Okay. Yes, absolutely. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to mess with them on like a casual Tuesday morning when there's no sex (laughs) on the table and you're just feeling real curious. (laughs) Yeah. You're just, you're just, you take a mirror down there every now and again. Yeah. You're going to take a mirror and you are going to figure out your female condoms because if you've ever used a menstrual disc, they sit in the fornix of your vagina, just like a menstrual disc. Mm-hmm. If you go over to let's nix it, that's N-I-X-I-T. They actually just did a really great little um, animation of how to place a disc. That's oh. exactly how you're going to place your female condom. So they go all the way up in. Um, and then you tilt it back up behind the pubic bone. So they're way further in than your standard like menstrual cup even. And then once they pop into place, it's the weirdest things. So you're like, it's in there and I can't feel it. And I should be able to feel something that big. But apparently I can't. Great. Yeah. And you can put those in before you even leave for the date. And that it just can sit in there until you go for it later. So that's the fun thing about like that internal condoms. Yeah. Yeah. They're real easy. So they don't. I. I wish we used them more. Insurance covers them most of the time too. Oh my gosh. I am totally going to do this because I am not on the pill, tried to get an IUD unsuccessfully. And so we've literally used condoms our entire life. Oh, go get yourself some internal condoms. Try them out. They're kind of, they're just like, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Love different and fun. Um, okay, here's a here's a hair question, which I feel like I probably know the answer to it. But what is a normal amount of hair to keep down there? Whatever you want. Oh, totally. And you guys, when I worked in childbirth, I was amazed because I I just thought like you kind of get a standard patch of hair, and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Oh no, no. There's so much variation, person yeah. to person, in hair, and it is fascinating. But the here's. I never recommend shaving bald. I'm not a huge fan of waxing. Um, I'm all about the trim. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. Um, It's hard. I remember I mentioned one time in a post that was like how to help with like smell or scent. Mm -hmm. And if you trim, that definitely can help because if you've got a lot of discharge and all sorts of other stuff getting all trapped up in there, it can definitely trap some odor. Not saying that everyone should shave or even trim, but if that's a concern, that can be added to your list of ways to kind of air things out, right? Especially if you do have a very thick patch of pubic hair. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm a fan of. I think trimming is a great way to go. You're less likely to cut yourself. You're less likely to open yourself up to infection that way. Um, but it's up to you. Some mm-hmm. people love a full bush. Some people love being bald. And if you want to be bald, be bald. Yeah. yeah. 
I, uh, I'm like thinking back now. Cause I usually do like one good either shave or trim right before my period, just because I yes. feel like I just don't want to deal with it. In addition to everything else, Ding- the dingleberries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. then, but now, then I'm like thinking back to that question I just asked you and I'm like, why am I itchy the week after my period? And I'm like, Oh, duh. Cause I have stubble. No wonder. Yeah. Like, and it's so uncomfortable. It's like, it's not worth, for me, it's not worth the clean shave or the clean wax because the stubble is a bitch. I hate it. Oh, it's, well, and there's nothing worse than walking around a store and being like, I need to scratch. Yeah. It's not publicly acceptable. It's like, it's like when you get an itch on your nipple and you're like, like trying to figure out. It's fine. It's fine. Sometimes I'm just like. Just like that. Um, okay. Next one. Breastfeeding will get you over nipple scratching. Cause you're, you're like, like, I've already I tried to snake my nipple out of every outfit I've owned. This <laughs> yeah. is not a big deal anymore. <laughs> okay. Somebody said, does what I eat actually affect the taste and smell? Dang yep. it. Dang it. Meat eaters, heavy meat eaters tend to be stinkier and smellier. Uh, people, vegans, like people who eat tons of fruits and vegetables tend to be a little fresher. If you want a different scent and smell pineapple and is it mango or papaya? I think it's papaya. pineapple for sure are like notoriously great for scent and taste. Yeah. Um, I don't know how big of an effect they have. I will yeah. say the, the meat versus fruits and vegetables, I think probably has the biggest thing. I've never heard that. Um, Okay menstrual cup i saw you post about this to or maybe it was yesterday i can't remember uh about menstrual cups because i am in the camp of can't either can't get them in or can't can't i I don't know i can't do it and so i don't know i'm sure there's other people out there who feel like like i do that i'm like i can't get it in or if i get it in it hangs out it's uncomfortable and i'm Mm -hmm. getting the smallest size but i can't get it in far enough so what are some i know there's a learning curve but do you have any any tips and tricks i always tell everyone we've got to go in like the 13 year old who got invited to a swim party okay okay because they're not giving up until that tampon's in right (laughs) we all wanted to go swimming and yes. we did whatever we had to to make it work. Exactly. <laughs> I had my best friend's older sister. I had my best friend's older sister literally underneath shoving oh. it in for me. My first time I put a tampon in. I'm like, am I about to have my husband do that with a menstrual cup? Maybe. See, this is what I'm telling you. See that commitment that you had? Yes. You lost it. I have lost it, April. <laughs> I have. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm just like a lame 27 year old. <laughs> Who has well, no that's, so that's what happens to us though. Cause we're like, I don't want to, this is hard. Also I have things to do. Yes. So I can't sit around all day figuring out my menstrual cup. I have other crap. I'm just going to shove a tampon in there and go about my day. Cause You're I have exactly things. Right. You're exactly right. I gave up. I gave up too soon. So just keep so at I tell it. People, Can I loop like it up? This, you got to do. You, oh yeah. Loop that sucker up. Mm-hmm. If you, if it's bugging you, it's not far enough in. You got to try a different fold. Watch is it a going? Videos. Okay, here's the thing, April. Is it going to plunge my vagina out? Is it going to suck nope. on and it's going to pull mm-hmm. it out? How sure are you? You're going to break the suction before you start yanking parts out of you, right? We're going to we're going to break the suction. I think I forget to do that. I think I don't do yeah, that. Yeah, you have to you have to remember <laughs> that, right? So we we don't when we remove our menstrual cup, we don't just grab onto the stem and yank. We grab onto the base. We squeeze. Okay. And then we pull, right? Okay. Because there's those little teeny tiny holes up in the rim of the cup. 
Mm-hmm. When we squeeze the bottom, that's going to help release any suction that's been created. Okay. And then we're going to be able to pull and we're going to leave our cervix up in our vagina where she belongs. And we're okay. just going to take the menstrual cup out. Do you just pour the blood out? Yeah. Here's guys. I'm a big fan of changing stuff like that in the shower. I like, don't even that's mess around idea. with it. Cause I'm that's like, it idea. sounds messy. I'm tired. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking about like in a like, public bathroom, like what am I supposed to be like? Hey, sorry about this shot glass of blood. Just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, it's really funny because everyone always wants to talk public bathroom. I'm like, don't just like, don't, don't do it. There. Just leave it alone. <laughs> that is fascinating. Like that has never crossed my mind. Like, don't do it there. Like, I'm like, what about yeah. when I'm at Target? Like, I just won't do it. Does it yeah, come? Just does change it split your cup like, when, What if you have to poop? I get diarrhea at Target a lot because I get because I get really relaxed there. So yeah, I always right? get diarrhea. So what if I'm in the back? Is, is there any pressure that could dislodge it? So yes, and on top of it, some people like if I have a disc in, and especially if if I'm having like tummy issues, uh-huh. I do have a hard time pooping with a disc in. Sometimes like that has happened yeah. to me where I've had to take it out, and I've been like. Oh, this was causing the stomach ache. I like, you know, so take it out, grab your water bottle out of your purse that you probably have, rinse it off and put it right back in, rinse off your hands with your water bottle. It's, you know, it's just that thinking ahead type of thing. I always, even though my youngest is four, I still somehow always have baby wipes in my purse. I always have a water bottle with me. Well, Uh, Urine is essentially sterile. Pee on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and like these days, I feel like everybody's got like, well, hopefully everyone's got like antibacterial wipes to wipe your hands or whatever. Um, oh, what yeah. was I going to, I was going to ask you something about mental. Oh, what is that? That was the thing that shocked me the most about the first time I went to the gynecologist was mm. the pressure. I feel like I've said butthole so many times in this interview, it's but, it, it, but it does. It sh- yeah. And it shocked me. I was like, Whoa, that is, that is there. That's happening there. And I remember feeling that like when I, when I was younger, I had, so I'm the youngest of eight kids. I have seven older brothers. So I had no sisters. And I was like, I would rather have died than talk to my mom about periods or puberty at all. We're good now. And we laugh about it. But I was, when I was 13, 14, 15, I was like, hell no, we're not having that conversation. Yeah, of course. But I remember yeah. being like, oh, when I was on my period, I'd be like, my butthole like aches like what is going on but is it just that it's all kind of in the same same arena Mm -hmm. that makes sense it does make sense so this is why this is why things like castor oil induce labor because Mm. if you get your your uh butt going crazy it will set off your uterus and vice versa they like to set each other off right so if you've got stuff going on with your colon sometimes it'll make your uterus angry so if you've got an angry uterus sometimes it'll make your colon angry they just really like to do this back and forth thing. That's, and so that, that's you about induce... period poops. Is that why we have period oh, poops? Oh, totally. Well, and there's hormones that cause that as well. And I usually so eat that's... more, so I'm pooping more. Well, totally. So there's like yeah. a whole a whole mix of reasons why that happens. Um, but this is why if you induce diarrhea, you'll induce labor sometimes. If you're kind of on that brink, it'll mm-hmm. kind of push you into labor. And it's that same thing. So they do. They like to go back and forth on that. The other thing I was going to say too about cups, if they are just not working for you, um, check in. I love Bloody Buddy Cup. Meredith over there is so amazing. They're amazing. I've t- they they sent day. me a couple. They sent me a couple. And She's I kept, best. I mean, I just had, I mean, I'm I'm in therapy. I'm working through some shame. We we all know yes. that we're working through it. But I was like, I don't know how to use it. And I can't get it in. And I don't want to message them and be like, is my vagina too small for that? Like, I just didn't ask. Yep. 
Oh, she's heard everything. Meredith's yeah. heard everything. And she'll be like, let me tell you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> perfect. So Meredith's gonna... amazing. Kim over at period Nirvana. That is all these two do all day is cups. And so when people are troubleshooting with cups, I kind of just actually send them over there. Cause I, I, I know how to use a cup. I own too many more cups than anyone should own. <laughs> but when it comes gotta, down to it, they're like in your, they're like in your cupboard, like with your drinking glasses that are up there. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well be, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a disc girl. I yeah. like discs. I don't like having a stem. I like having the disc clear up like out of the way. And I love my period panties. I actually, that's all I use most of the time. Do you unless thinks? I'm like going, thanks. Yeah. They're my favorite. Okay, I, love like, that. I, I do want to, I want to try a disc. I want to try a disc really bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's such great info. I don't know why I never thought to lube it up. Everything else that's going in there usually. Lube is up. And then, like I said, like you kind of have to like, it's, it's, and I have to tell people this about their sex life, about learning a cup. We don't want to take on these pursuits as if they're actual pursuits. Cause we just believe for some reason that all this stuff is supposed to be just easy and just yeah. like no big deal. I'm part of adulthood. No, we have to learn. We have to go learn and we have to go into this stuff. Like this is worthy of my time and something that I now want to learn how to do. And mm. I may not get it right the first time. And I may have to spend time on this. And once you go into it with that mentality of like, I'm here to learn. It's like when we all had sourdough starter last March and we're right. like, I'm mm. going to learn. Yeah. And I like, I like literally thought I was a physicist when I, when I made my yes. sourdough starter, I was like, I am Bill Nye. You're going to be a vagina expert here before you know it. I'm going to be the Bill Nye of vaginas. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> another, that's a, I'm going to make a t-shirt for you that says that. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody says, how do you know when it's time to see a sex therapist? Do you recommend sex therapy or is that just yes? Okay. Yeah. We have a nod. We have a uh, firm nod. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's the thing, though. There are different levels of sex therapists. So whoever you're going to see, you want to make sure that they have a background in either marriage and family and therapy, licensed clinical social worker, psychologist. Like you want to be seeing someone that's going to be well qualified to, you know, pick apart your sex life and kind of figure out what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend once again, taking on this pursuit, right. Of, okay, I've decided that I want to improve my sex life. Maybe I read some books. Maybe I follow some accounts. Maybe we try some new things. Maybe we start talking about stuff. When you start bouncing up against walls that are just not coming down, that probably is the time when you maybe a sex therapist might be, or if you have blatant issues. Yeah. You know, like if there's things that you just, you're like, I actually know I, we need to work through this and I don't mm -hmm. think we can do it together and we need a third party. That's when you yeah. go see a sex therapist or, or a therapist gen in general. Yeah. Um, antidepressants are a big thing for me. And I got a few questions about that, that they're like, how do I counter this? And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in therapy and, and talking about not sex therapy specifically, but it is something that we talk yeah. about because yeah, because the antidepressants are hard because in this day and age, we're all, we're all medicated, you know? So, and it's a very real thing. Um, I have had a handful of people message me and go, you know, it was funny. I finally went, I finally like did it. I finally went in and talked to my doctor they just switched their antidepressant and yeah. then the problem was gone. Yeah. It's like, amazing. So that if might we... be a solution. Pro it's not always, but yeah. this is a conversation to have with your doctor. Yeah. Um, what age do you start vagina talk with your daughters? Not just anatomy, but like puberty and sex and kind of what is your 
timeline or what do you think is the healthiest or in your experience? What, what, what are your, do you have three? So you have three kids. How many boys? How many girls? So I have two girls and one boy. Two girls. Okay. So you just start right away. We're calling it a vagina. We're not calling it a taco. We're calling it what? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Proper, <laughs> proper anatomical. Like, did you grow anatomy up? is so important. Did you grow up with weird names for it? No. I mean, I grew up in very much the same type of household, though, where we just didn't talk about a lot mm-hmm. of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what they called it. We called it our vagina. And I knew my brother's was his penis. So we yeah. knew the correct we, names. We it was said, always, we, everything was your bottom. Yes. Yes. We always said, like, privates like private parts which it's just it's funny when you like break down what we were all told about our bodies growing up and i'm like no wonder i can't no wonder i struggled to go to the gynecologist i was raised calling it my private part like what am i supposed to like yeah stuff like that can you check out my bottom yeah or like swims i had a friend who called it a swimsuit area swimsuit areas i'm like (laughs) that was my favorite it's so bad I, uh, I think I must have asked in a really early episode, I must have asked people what they call what they grew up calling like their genitalia. And because I will still randomly get people being like, hey, just so you know, I grew up calling it a taco. I'm like, why are you messaging me this? And, and I'm like, oh, I forgot. I asked you guys for this forever ago, but people will go back and listen to old episodes. And I'm like, yeah, I had a girl who she grew up calling. Pe- she thought penises were called uh, crazy bums. We just called them with crazy, like boys have a bum and a crazy bum. I'm like, well, they're, they're pretty crazy. They I'm are shaking crazy. my head back and forth. No, yes. because it's so bad. <laughs> so do you, when do you start, is there like an age that you do like a sex talk or that you will, or is it just kind of when it comes, you just put it out there? We were on our way to swim lessons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was the right time. <laughs> and I, there it was. Big, and there it was. I love, instead of having one 100 minute conversation, having 100 one minute conversations with your oh, kids. I love that. Well, is like, that not the best thing you've I ever heard? That is ever? the best thing I've ever heard for like literally everything. But like, really, right? Yeah. And so no, honestly, as, as soon as my kids have a question, we just answer it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's really it's easy. Cra- it's a crazy yeah. thought, isn't it? You just answer their questions when they come. Um, okay. And, this and one... then we answer them age appropriately. Right. Yeah. Because like, and here's the great thing. The more you practice talking about sex with your partner, the easier mm-hmm. words like penis roll off your tongue. Yeah. You just so play, practice you, with your partner. You got to play the 500 days of summer game where you sit in a park. Exactly. And see who can scream penis louder. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I thought this was an interesting question. It was the only one I got of this and I'm very interested. Can you desensitize your clit? with constant vibrator use. And I am a little shaken by the word constant because I'm like, if it's constant, you are living, you're living your best life (laughs) and I'm here for it. But yeah, she said, can you desensitize it? Is there any way to damage your nerves? Here's, here's what you can end up doing though. Um, The only instances I've heard of this are you can grow accustomed to orgasming by way of vibration, right? Mm -hmm. So if you feel like this is becoming a problem for you, lay off for like a couple of days. Like, yeah. <laughs> give like yourself a break. Give her a rest. Her air. <laughs> like, take, take it out of your undies. Like, why is it in there all yeah, the time? Like, just maybe, you know, just, just <laughs> like a couple of days. 
you know, like, so that's everyone I've talked to across the board. And I have talked to a lot of people actually about this exact topic. Yeah. Has had this exact answer. Like, don't, if it's a problem, then yeah, lay off. But it's not, people get so concerned, like they're going to get addicted to their vibrator. It's going to be the only way that they can ever orgasm. And it's really interesting. Emily Nagoski in her book, Come As You Are, Mm -hmm. talks about how a lot of our sexual taste is learned. Mm, That makes sense. So if you're learning to orgasm with vibration, you're going to continue to be drawn to that type of stuff. If you've learned to orgasm with a partner, if you've learned to be attracted or turned on by certain things. Mm. So a lot of our sexuality and our sexual taste is learned. So what you can learn, you can unlearn. And if you kind of go in with that type of mentality as well. Yeah. Interesting. in your vibrator. Okay, this is the last one that I have. Somebody has a question about, I'm assuming this is like the Gwyneth Paltrow vagina steamer situation. Are those real? Should you do them? What's the vibe? (laughs) I honestly don't know. Uh, You should never blow hot steam into your vagina. Yeah. If you want to steam the outside, like the vulva, Mm -hmm. sure. Just don't burn yourself. That's true. It gets very hot. Like sometimes when I use my facial steamer, I'm like, this could burn me in one minute. Well, that's that's what's like tricky about it too, because I have had a couple companies reach out to me and it, I hesitate to even talk essential oils on the vagina blog, let alone mm-hmm. vaginal steams. Right. Um, even when I talked yoni eggs, people lost their crap over that. And so I yeah. was like, you know, we're just going to kind of tread lightly with some of the alternative stuff. And so yeah. some of it, I feel like, like I actually really enjoyed meditating with a Yoni egg. Um, but they're porous. If you have STDs, that's bad news, man. Yeah. If you're using tampons too, and scratching up the inside of your vagina and then putting in a Yoni egg that's been in your vagina the day before and not yeah. washed. Yeah. So you you got to be easy with steaming stuff. Mm-hmm. You would want everything to be pretty sterile. If you have open infections, you could be spreading them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's right. hard because like for the general public, there's a lot of caveats as to whether or not that's a good idea for you. Right. Right. Well, April Davis from the Vagina <laughs> Blog. I have learned so much. I feel like I could ask you a million different questions about myself alone, but that would be selfish and I will not do that to everybody. But thank you so much for talking to me. So you are on Instagram at the Vagina Blog. And you also have a podcast, correct? Yes. Okay. And is that the weekly? Vagina Blog podcast? Is that weekly? E- I'm currently on hiatus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm like jealous. Oh, uh, I want to come back, but you know, you know, yeah. it's a lot to do. It's right? a lot. So it's a lot for sure. It's in the works. I have enough people like asking for it that I'm like, yeah. Oh, all right. Maybe we could try. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I know that everyone's going to lose their mind over this because we don't talk about vaginas enough and we all have a million questions and you're just here doing the Lord's work. So thank you. Yes. Preaching, (laughs) preaching the good word. Just thank you again. You are just like a total total treasure. So fun. Well, I will do it again soon. More, more vagina talk. Good. Anytime. Please do. I would love to come back. Perfect. Well, have a good night and thanks for coming.